You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, July 13th. Now, we are one month away from this year's UC Tech, so make sure that you have registered. We have such an amazing program, just chock full of insights and countless engaging topics. Avoid the FOMO. You don't want to miss this one. Just head over to uctech.ucsd.edu right now. Well, maybe finish this podcast first. In other department news, you may have missed some of our latest shares at thecurrent.ucsd.edu. There you can read about how the audiovisual design and installation team tackled the challenging move to synchronous hybrid learning for our faculty and students during, you know, that whole pandemic thing, which is still happening. You can also find out about a hardworking student engineer by the name of Jacob Kinley. He's been earning quite a name for himself with the Academic Technology Innovation Team. He even got an award to boot, which reminds me I am available for any awards you may wish to send my way. I'm not picky. Big ones, little ones, ones made of gold, I will mostly accept ones made of chocolate. You know, the ones with long acceptance speeches and standing ovations naturally, and just putting it out there. Anyway, on to our interview with Carlo Del Frate. Angie, the pod is yours. Good morning, podcast world. This is Angie Lu, project manager, and I'm here with Carlo today. Carlo, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Angie. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate you for coming on. Uh, I do have to give another shout out to Mr. Jonathan Whitman, as he actually recommended you for this podcast. Let's all thank Jonathan Whitman. <laughs> we're calling him the chief of volunteer or volunteer chief <laughs> is what we're calling him. Great title, I know. So Carlo, could you start by telling us your name, official title, and how long you've been at UCSD? Uh, yeah, sure. So my name is Carlo Del Frante. I've been here, I think, uh, just about four, coming up on four years now. My official title, I'm a service offering manager for academic affairs information services. That's official. Four years, huh? That's not bad. Where did you come yeah, from before? St still feel new, but I came from commercial software industry. I, I worked at a company called Component Control. We made hmm. software for the aircraft maintenance business primarily. So a lot of a lot of logistics, parts logistics, parts management, a lot of time tracking, work breakdown, structure type logistics for for but mostly all just centered around the aircraft industry. Okay, you you didn't have anything to do with the Boeing. <laughs> I just <laughs> no <laughs> no right yes because their issue. If you did you see the Netflix special or no? No, but no? I, I've, I have been sort of following okay, some great. of the, the things with the 737 Max and all the... Yes, yes. You know. It had to do with software too, right? The the tilting versus like adjusting for them. Okay, oh, that, obviously. oh, yeah, that's important to get right. Yeah, but most <laughs> of our stuff was, was for sort of managing the enterprise around, you know, aircraft maintenance and repairs for, for the components that go on those planes. Okay. But we, we didn't write any software that, that actually goes into the aircraft. Okay, okay. <laughs> so 
so it was about keeping those uh i guess maintenance records up to date in those kind of things Is that yeah just okay. just to track mechanics activities and, and the movement of parts and ordering it's really kind of enterprise software but sort of very specifically around that business which kind of gave us a footprint in that industry and you know, other organizations you know like like sap they they kind of they're kind of like the Swiss army knife of enterprise oh. solutions. We, we were not, we, we basically, we wanted to be in one spot. That's kind of how, how we made our, our mark in, in that industry. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So Carlo, what does a service offering manager for the academic affairs information services do? Well, I do a lot of things, you know, a lot of it is just the daily looking at the incoming tickets, trying to figure out who are, who, who's asking for what and sort of helping prioritize. And, and we have a very broad set of customers, I would say our service lines are pretty broad. You know, some of the, the highlights of that would be the graduate division. We manage most of their most of the staff facing applications for that area, also undergraduate colleges, academic advising system, also known as VAC, something we manage, and many, many sort of the peripheral applications that sort of, you know, upstream and downstream of ISIS that have very sort of specific functionality that, that doesn't, doesn't sit in the, in the main SIS. We, we manage a lot of those systems as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sounds like a lot. Can you, you keep saying we, who is on your academic affairs information services team? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're mostly, so we're mostly development team. So right now we're, we've just finally come up to full speed here. We've been hiring over the last, I guess, like six or seven months. And finally we've got, we've put in all our backfills, um, but we're mostly a development team. So we've got about five developers and two business analysts. We used to be kind of, you know, at one point we used to have more assist admin team. We, we sort of were a little bit broader, but now we're kind of more focused on applications, which, which I think is good because even with what we've got now, there's still quite a few applications. So we're, I think we're a little more specialized now. And so what we do is we mainly, we focus on, you know, a lot of, a lot of our applications we have Throughout the year, we, we get a lot of requests to do usually minor enhancements or some something new is happening or there's a lot of cyclical requirements for the applications to be opened up with some enhancements. But we also have some larger projects that we focus on and that's where we spend a lot of our time as well. So it really, it really just kind of depends. So there's a fairly broad maintenance aspect to what we do with the the existing applications that we manage. And then we've got sort of some larger greenfield applications that are out there. We also do, we also manage some vended systems as well to some degree. You know what I'm going to ask you about, right? <laughs> <laughs> Those major projects. What are some of, of the major projects you guys are working on? Yeah. So, um, well, one of, one of the big ones, maybe the biggest is the virtual advising system, also known as VAC. Um, there, there is a a version of this out there. It's, it's getting, it's it really, the technology stack needs to be refreshed. It's a solid system. It's very widely used by the campus, but there's, there's some features that folks would like to see, uh, additional features, and then just kind of a refresh of the technology stack and, and trying with the goal of putting that into sort of the general vetted ITS infrastructure requirements that are putting out there. 
being put out there by the architects. So we're working towards that goal. And it's, it's, it's an exciting project. It's we're kind of competing with the legacy system. So it, it's a little bit of a challenge there because you have to build everything that everybody really relied upon previously and then kind of add in all those new things into the mix, um, you know, at the same time, just trying to get it all done. So the requirements are pretty significant just to reach that parity point with the new technology, you know, supporting it. And then you're kind of adding in those new features. And we're also trying to do a fair chunk of this with some student developers, which is great. It's, it's Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exciting to have that energy in there and they add perspective from the student side because we talk quite a bit with the advisors, which is great. But it's, it's not always easy to get the student perspective from where we're sitting. So it's nice to actually have student developers in the mix. It, it can be a little bit of a challenge because, you know, they're, they're going to school. So obviously that's their primary focus. And, you know, they, they kind of come and go depending. They get internships. They go do other mm. interesting things for the summer, which, which I think is, is great. But, and so we, we just kind of have to work around that and kind of get the most we can out of them. And I, I think they take a lot away from the project as well. And I assume you use them for testing, yes? For the other apps or <laughs> the virtual advising center app, all of those items, yes? Would you have them test because you're like, hey, I need, you know, someone with a PID. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We can use them to test. We have, we have some test student PIDs that we use okay. as well. But we're right now, we're, we're still finishing up the advisor component to VAX. So we haven't actually gotten into this sort of the student there's sort of mm. two parts to it so we're, we're going to be moving into the student piece here very shortly so there will be more of that on the student side for testing you mentioned meeting requirements right the requirements they've already had using the old system and also i assume additional requirements with you know the improvement in technology what about students how are you guys going to gather requirements from them well, like I said, we, we do rely on some of the opinions from our student workers. Um, we are heavily relying on the advisors to tell us kind of what, what they think needs to happen here. But it, it, is, it, it is a little bit tricky sometimes because it's, it's not easy to just go out there and ask the students what they want to see in an advising system. So I, I, we're trying to, to paint that picture and act upon it. But I, I think probably, you know, we're going to have some pilot programs here and, and hopefully we can get sort of a focus group on huh. board to kind of tell us, hey, here are the things we see. And so maybe we'll recruit, maybe we'll try to find a larger student base to help us out with that. But it, it's a good point. It, it's definitely a challenge. Sounds like you guys are up for it, though. You're already thinking about them. So appreciate yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Well, ultimately, it's the student experience, you know, that we're going after. Uh, but obviously, we need to keep the advisors happy and, and being <laughs> able to do it. They, they have quite a bit of a significant volume to get through. So it's, it's oh, wow. to be the, the scalability of this is, is really important for them. So that's a big consideration. That's good. Any other major projects? Anything? Because you do grad, uh, grad student financial support too, right? That's correct. Yeah. Actually, another one hasn't been, well, sort of the preliminary pieces are, are falling in place, but we are, it's another rewrite of, a, of an existing system The from the graduate division. It's the financial support request tool. This, this application, well, it's a homegrown application that sort of feeds into, it's sort of upstream the, the current financial aid system. Mm -hmm 
which is a very large, complicated system. And it's very specialized for grad because they have very specific requirements for how they how they sort of stage financial support for you know graduate student researchers and mm. instructional assistants and and the way that they they fund those students. There's a lot of different ways that it can happen, and they're all, I would say, fundamentally different, and but all you know very important. So we're trying to, we're, while well, we're looking at bringing in a new financial aid system, which is student financial planner, it's an Oracle system that's, that's on the horizon here, I think in the next couple of years. And anticipating that, we also want to create a new version of this financial support request tool that's kind of a bolt-on to this system. And it's going to be, I would say, I would say it's upstream of this. And what it lets you do is it lets you stage commitments for graduate students so that you can kind of paint a picture of their funding model throughout the time that they're at the university. And it's really, people want that visibility. They want to be able to tell the student, this, this is what we can do. This is what we're going to give you. And, and also be able to track it, to be able to go back and say, okay, we told these students that we were going to give them this sort of financial support. As we move forward, are we meeting our commitments um, and so it's a way of, of just kind of maintaining better visibility and making it easier to manage that. But ultimately, those those commitments, they they sort of sit on top of this award packaging system that would then feed in to the, the SFP, the student financial planning system, and sort of basically feed it all this information. So, and then that system is also very complex, but it doesn't really have these sort of elements that sort of preload these packages and commitments. And so that's kind of the part Mm. we've had to take up on our own as sort of more of a homegrown project. First of all, as a project manager, I love hearing this, right? (laughs) I love hearing any tool that can help plan so this is so super exciting. And I never thought about, you know, the, the idea of having that kind of like big picture view of how we can fund grad students. And as you talk through, it makes sense that it's complicated for grad students, right? They have different sources. They have different roles at the university. Um, how does this link or does it link to OFC? I assume that the planning oh. is one thing, right? But obviously, you have to do actual to the projected. How does this all integrate? Oh, yeah, no, that, that's, that's a good question. I mean, it has to link to OFC. It, <laughs> it's, uh, that, that's actually one, one, of the, one of the other main reasons we need to do this, because all of these funding that's available for, for graduate student support, it's all coded into the accounting system. So there's a project and a task. Yes. And a lot of that is, you know, that's been a big change and all of the departments have had to sort of kind of get their heads wrapped around what it means to, to manage these funds in a different way once OFC had rolled out. And so a lot of what this is trying to do is to make it easier to know that it'll do validations. Like you put in a project and a task and it'll tell you if, it, if it's already got, you know, something on the back end that represents that project and task so that the system doesn't ask. Once it's identified it, then it'll flow through. And if it doesn't identify it, it'll create some new objects in, in, the, in the main financial aid system. They're called aid IDs. It'll create them under the hood, basically so that you as sort of the consumer of this, you don't have to worry about it, but it also kind of validates the data coming in so that 
we don't have to make a bunch of corrections on the back end if you didn't put in the right project and task. And so there's a real financial component and, and efficiency to that piece. And, and that will be streamlined and it'll make it easier. The graduate division financial support unit, they really have quite a challenge sort of managing all these funds that are coming from all these different areas. And it all kind of congregates into their group, but they're not necessarily in charge of these funds, but it's running through the support model that they operate. And it's just very challenging. So trying to add some stability to that process and some efficiency, it's, it really is a big deal and a little bit more validation so that when it goes downstream, uh, it's a much cleaner process. That's the idea. Oh, sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. These projects sound like they're really going to help the end user, the academic community, right? The student experience altogether. So appreciate everything you and your team does for our organization, right? So can you tell me how does your team's goals and work fit obviously in the overall vision at IT services? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I think ultimately it is really the, the, the student experience. So you know, we have many applications where, where we try to streamline this. And even though some are staff facing, ultimately, you know, the student is our customer and, and trying to make it easier for them. I think the idea is, is sort of a one-stop shop. You know, we don't like to bounce the students around. We want to make it easy for them. We want them to get paid on time, you know, that's especially from the graduate division side. So everybody wants to get paid on time. That's, that's <laughs> not a unique concept. So that and, and there are a lot of reasons why issues can arise there. So we're trying to eliminate the possibilities for that to happen, at least in the areas that, that we have control. And slowly, you know, things get better, I think, when, when you try to put in those efficiencies and those controls. So ultimately, it's that. I mean, just improving the student experience. And a lot of that is giving folks the, the visibility to, to really manage their processes and, and see what's happening, you know, more in real time and, and to see where where it's flowing and how you know being able to run the reports being able to do health check being able to to run simulations to say okay you know this is what's going to happen on this day when when we process all these awards and who's getting the awards and who's not and just kind of the checks and balances around around that workflow sounds good do you have any interesting things like hobbies to tell us about i mean we've learned a lot about your team and what you guys do but how about you? How about, what does Carla like to do? <laughs> well, I like to do a lot of stuff, I guess. I've I'm, I'm really, really been into running off and on over the years. I just finished the rock and roll half marathon this last Woo! couple of weekends ago. So that, that was a challenge. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that not as fast as my previous times, but, uh, you know, I still made it to the finish line. So that's always something I like to, so I, I was in, I've always been into music. I was, in my earlier college years, I was in a, in a band for a few years, well, maybe like five or seven years. So that was always fun. We played around San Diego a bit. Um, so I've always been into music and reading. I also, in the last few years, I've gotten into jewelry making. So I like to mm. make jewelry, sand cast it, a few rings. I like to do like enamel stuff, uh, make stuff for my wife and just, just stuff to play around with. Just kind of fun, different sort of creative outlet than I've had before. Um, so I've been been into that, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, but I'm always interested in new stuff, so I'm, I'm kind of one of those people. Like, I'm always interested in art and 
artistic activity. So I'm always kind of looking for something different to kind of get into and see, see what's going on in that space. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Carlo, on behalf of the pod squad and the podcast community, I do want to thank you for your time with us. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you, Angie. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.